Welcome to the Making What Matters podcast. I'm Joel, and sitting with me today is John Butler. Now, John is a graduate apprentice that works at P1, and he's been with us for a while. And uh, I'd like to have John tell a little bit about his journey of how he became a machinist at P1 and uh, some of the things that he does in his free time. So, John, uh, when did you start at P1? Uh, I started on my third semester of college. That must have been about... 2013. Okay. And uh, up to that point, I was, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I want to do something with my hands, something mechanical. Um, I would always, I was always drawn toward being able to fix stuff. Yeah. And you grew up in an environment where you could fix stuff. We had to fix stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit about your childhood and how you grew up. Uh, we grew up on a farm. We didn't have animals of our own, but we had a lot of space. Yeah. So naturally you get tractors, old trucks, stuff like that, lawnmowers, take care of the property. Yeah. And with that, I mean, you don't just go out to the store to buy everything to fix yeah. what's what's gone wrong. So you guys had some old lathes and mills that you could mm-hmm. make parts with. Yep. And your father had the knowledge of how to do that. Yep. And uh, when you went to Hudson Valley, you were like a kid in a candy shop. Yes. Because <laughs> now you had new equipment to work on. Yes. And I could see the potential of like, oh, those parts I can't buy, I can make those now. Exactly. So that was my big drive to like figuring everything out. That was my turning point when I was going to BOCES. Like we started working on some old lathes and and we could make a shaft to a specific diameter. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to grind it on a bench grinder and you're like, oh my goodness, I can fix things the right way now. Yep. Especially when stuff is worn out and uh, you can't just buy stuff off the shelf with those tolerances. You, you got to make it. Exactly. Yeah. So you're going to Hudson Valley and uh, I was teaching night class there. Yeah. And your professor, Mr. Larkin, said, hey, this kid, John, he's pretty sharp. Uh, his father works at Simmons, but I don't think his dad wants him to work there. He wants him to work someplace that might be, you know, a little bit more of like a job shop environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, he introduced him or introduced you to me. And, and I had you come in for a tour. And how did you feel that first time you took a tour of P1? Super overwhelmed. <laughs> That's like, right. <laughs> especially being where we live, it's, uh, you know, 20 minutes to get anywhere. And driving into Schenectady with the potholes and the stockade and everything, I was already out of my element. <laughs> and then uh, you, you dropped me off with Jerry immediately. Okay. And, uh, just seeing the size of the machines, all the vices and parts and tight tolerances and stuff that he was working with is yeah, just blew me away. And it's pretty overwhelming when you walk into a shop and you hear all the noise and everything that's going oh, on. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, there's no way I can do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling because I had that same feeling right. the first time I went into my first real machine shop for a job. Yeah. I was definitely overwhelmed. And I, I can remember thinking to myself, my God, there. I can't do this. Right. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you ended the interview and I didn't hear anything from you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really see you a lot at Hudson Valley because you were a day student and I taught at night. Yeah. And then I ran into you in the hallway, I think one time and I said, Hey John, are you ever going to, you know, give me a, you know, a response on, <laughs> on your interview. Yeah. And, and you were like, well, yeah, I think, I think maybe I'd like a job, but it's, it's a little bit overwhelming. I said, come on down. We're not going to throw you to the wolves. We'll teach you what mm-hmm. you need to know. Yep. And then the rest is history. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so you took a position just working on as a cycler, right? Yeah. On the off shift. My first two weeks I was following Dan. 
yeah. running uh, parts that he notoriously got sick when he was running those. <laughs> <laughs> so I cycled a couple of weeks on the lathes, but I don't remember what exactly got me onto the mills. Yeah. Probably cycling bottle clips. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a part we make a lot of. Yeah. Um, how, how, like when you were, when you were first working at the shop, you felt overwhelmed and intimidated a little bit. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And then just having the guys there to help you out and teach you what you needed to know and work you through the setups and everything, you started to gain a little traction. That's right. The biggest benefit for me was I got to shadow with Benny for a couple hours every day. Yeah. And he would set me up. Um, once he was comfortable with me following him, I was on second shift. But we always had that couple hours of overlap time. Yeah. That helps and a lot. That, that was huge. Yeah. If there's one thing about Benny, he will, he will explain everything to you. I mean, he goes mm -hmm. through you oh, know, yeah. the fine-tooth comb, make sure that you're all set before yes. he turns you loose. And he is really good. He has the patience to teach the basics. Yes. Which is what so many people miss. Right. The and basics. It's, and it's, it's the most huge. important. Right. Getting that vice indicated properly. Mm -hmm. Sweeping a part in on center. That's right. Making sure your tool doesn't run out. Yep. All the little things that matter to make a, a quality mm -hmm. part. Oh, yeah. Um, so now let's, let's talk about your responsibilities now at the shop. What have you, what position have you worked yourself into? <laughs> uh, so currently I'm a cell leader. So that means I'm responsible for myself, my own machine, as well as helping, you know, four or five other guys that are, have less experience than me, yeah. uh, get up to speed. So, yeah, but you're also quoting parts, mm -hmm. you're checking parts, you're doing a lot, you're yep. fixing machines. I mean, you have the knowledge and the skill to take a machine apart, diagnose what's wrong with it, put it back together. And that's fun. <laughs> it's fun. And that's what you that's what you excel at, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, it's the little tricks of the trade, like figuring out that the muffler on a solenoid is clogged, mm -hmm. and that's why your through coolant isn't coming on. That's right. That saves a lot of money. We don't have to call Mazak in to repair it. Yeah. We can troubleshoot ourselves, and we're back and running within the hour. That's right. And it's just like having that mechanical knowledge and the willingness to dig into a problem saves us a ton of money yep and and it's good that you enjoy doing that because <laughs> some people don't you know that's right yeah what's uh what's one of the big projects you've been working on lately uh one project was a big fan shroud yeah that had uh the parts were larger than what normally is supposed to go in the machine so we made some outriggers yeah and uh initially what i'm used to because i just you, you kind of go with what you know when you start on a new machine and yeah. you kind of adapt from there. Yeah. So I, I looked at getting a fixture plate, but it was crazy expensive. Right. So they said, figure something else out. Yeah. So we, we got some I beams and skimmed those down and it got my travel from 30 inches out to roughly 60. Nice. And we used those to, to, you know, so we could hold on the part out so it wouldn't be flopping in the wind. Exactly. Yeah. Now, what's nice about that story is that kind of shows your resourcefulness, you know, coming from the rural uh, background, mm -hmm. take what you have, make it work, but then you take a high precision machine and, and make it perfect so that it can right. make a part. Yep. So that's, that's what I think a lot of the guys that really excel at P1 come from that rural background where they don't have right. exactly what they need, but they got the brain power to make it happen. Right. And, and to me, when you, when you can make something out of nothing, that's that's a reward in itself you know that's right yeah now uh we've done some videos on you with a, a project that you work on quite often yeah. and and you have an old car yeah you want to talk about that a little bit 
So that's a, it's a 1930 Model A coupe and I got it out of a barn in Gallupville from my grandmother and it had been driven pretty regularly through the sixties, but was parked and it needed a lot of work. So yeah. that was right when I was, you know, 15 or 16 and just, just <laughs> getting on the road anyway. So nice. we tore it apart enough to make it mechanically sound and put it on the road and I drove it for a year. And then the oil came pouring out of the back of the engine. So we learned how to tear an engine down and rebuild that. And yeah, there's challenges with older vehicles with different bearings and stuff like that. We had to figure out and certainly drive it for a little longer. We were end locked up had to, <laughs> <laughs> had to figure that out. So it's just the one thing that really sticks with me growing up is when, when something went wrong, my dad said, you got to figure it out. That's right. It's and, like that country mm-hmm. song. If it's broke around here, we fix it. You know what? We don't throw nothing out. Yep. <laughs> we find a use for it. Even if it's not its yep. intended use, we can use it for something else. Yep. And I think of that even now with the with the Mazaks, they're they're not all brand new. So right. when stuff breaks down, I've been told, just call Mazak. Well, yeah. I can do that, but right. that's going to be a couple of weeks till they get here and it might take time. Exactly. It's going to take time when they're yeah. here. So there's got to be something that we can do in the meantime to make it work. Yeah, we can dig into it and... If we just put a Band-Aid on it, we can make it work until until there's time to fix it. Yep. Nice. So uh, with working on the old car, um, a lot of times you were working at home on the machines that you had, but then you get to the point where you can do some parts at night maybe at the shop. Yep. And that's real nice because that's a a fringe benefit from work that, you know, not a lot of people have in Mm -hmm. in other careers. You know, you, you can dream up a part in your head, a, a better way to fix something or, or to make the original part even better. Right. And uh, you can use the machines at night to work on that. And that's, to me, that's a huge benefit. You know, I come from a, a farm family and I fix lots of my father's equipment. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> on high precision machines. But that's, you know, that's where all that stuff has to be fixed. It's got to mm-hmm. be right. So yep. it's uh, when you have a background, you know, growing up in a, in a rural environment, you have to be able to fix things just like you That's said. Right. Yep. And uh, we appreciate being able to do that at work. Definitely. Yes. That is, that is the biggest reason why machining is attractive to me because you can make the parts that you can't buy. That's right. That's huge. Yep. And, and every day you're doing that for our customers. You know, our, our customers are dreaming up parts mm-hmm. and they can't go to Napa and buy them. Nope. They have to come to a, a machine shop and have them custom made. That's right. And I mean, that's what you're doing day in and day out. And you're teaching the next generation to do that. Mm-hmm. I see what you've done with Justin over there. And I'm super he's, proud of him. He's doing yep. great. I mean, I started <laughs> setting up parts and showed you how to set them up. And now you're showing him how to set them up. And it's yep. like, it's going, and each time it gets better, you know, you're doing stuff that I didn't do. And Justin's doing things that you didn't do. So yep. each, each generation is building on the previous knowledge, right? which is really cool to see. Right. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to add about P1? What are some things that you think we're doing right? What do you think we're doing wrong? Um, things that we're doing right, uh, we're, we're doing a really good job with the, the younger guys because sometimes they feel like they were just thrown in and they, they don't have enough experience. Yeah. But what that does, it forces you to, to figure it out and, and learn how to make the parts on your own. Right. Because if you're, if you're always... If everything's a hundred percent ready to go, yeah, you it almost it doesn't force you to learn the same way. That that's a good statement because it's tough sometimes with our customer demands to take the time to train properly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to get the job done. That's right. But when that happens, you, you see P 
people start, the wheels start turning. They start thinking, Hey, maybe I can do this a little bit better. You know, and I I always, (laughs) it's like Nick Toomey asked a million questions, but that guy asked good questions. He's like, Hey, why aren't you doing this? And I'm thinking, man, why aren't I doing that? That's a good (laughs) idea, Nick. Let's do that. And and it's, you know, sometimes just that outside of the box thinking somebody coming into a project without having history with it. Right. And they question what you're doing. And then, you, you know, you come up with, with good results after right. that. Yep. And, uh, you know, you've got a pretty good support team over there now with Jerry. Sure. And Pat's doing really well. Pat came from the Karaki. Yeah. And, and he's running a maze act now for you. And he's got that large part experience. Yes. And you guys get a lot of large parts over there. And yeah, we do. <laughs> sometimes, you know, the bigger the parts, it's the setups are very complex. Because yep. you got to think about keeping a 60-inch part flat. Right. Sometimes that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can spend days setting up something that really only has an hour of cycle time. And that's it's just, that's, it has to be held yeah. correctly. Sometimes handling the part and setting it up will take 10 times what it takes to actually do the feature. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's difficult to even quote a job like that sometimes because you don't think about that handling time. Right. Yeah, the one job we're working on, uh, big stainless plates, 304 stainless. Yeah. And there's one little note in the corner that says this whole part has to be flat within five thou in a free state. That changes the game. That free state word at the end is a difference of three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's true. So the little details matter. Yeah. What are some and, things that you'd change about P1 if you could? Hmm. That's a good question. I'm putting you on the spot. You are. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It does, You know, just if there's any little things that bother you or, or something, improvements you think we could make. Hmm. I would like to see maybe um, more formal uh, training for the new guys. And I know that we generally start them off on whatever jobs in the machine with the real life uh, deadlines and tolerances and everything. And maybe there's some way that we can have a controlled environment with some machines and, you know, have like a a Benny give the guys an introduction and get the basics and work through different classes and learning the the machine, the software, and that kind of stuff. Funny you should say that. We actually have with HR right now, we're looking at a Pathways program where we can bring students in and uh, possibly have a couple machining centers set aside for educational purposes only in a classroom setting so they can get the basics. Oh, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. I'd love to see that. I'd I love to be a part of that somehow. I, you're already a part of it, <laughs> but you will be all, all the guys that work at P1 can be part of it. Yeah. You know, and, and different evenings or whatever, if, if we have a couple students come in, they can go through a, like a setup on a machine or, or programming or master cam, like you say. Sure. So that's going to be a, a real nice training feature that's going to be coming to P1 soon. Oh, cool. I'm excited to see that. Thanks, John. It's been great chatting with you today. Thanks for having me.